0: Part Three, Chapter Twenty-Eight of Quo Vadis: A Tale of the Time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sinkevich, translated by Benyon and Malevsky. Part Three, Chapter Twenty-Eight. At last, the hour of both the apostles had come. But as if to complete his work, it was given to the fisherman of the Lord to rescue two souls in his very prison two soldiers processus and martinianus his guards in the mamertine prison were baptized by him but the hour of torture was at hand nero was not in rome at the time sentence was passed by helius and polythetes two freedmen to whom caesar had entrusted the government of rome in his absence Peter was first flogged, according to law, and the next day was taken outside of the city walls toward the Vatican Hill, where he was to suffer death on the cross. The soldiers were surprised at the numbers that gathered before the prison. They could not understand how the death of a common man and an alien could excite such interest they knew not that this retinue was composed not of the merely curious but of believers who wished to accompany the great apostle to the place of his execution at last in the afternoon the gates of the prison were thrown open and peter appeared in the midst of a detachment of Praetorians. the sun was already slanting towards ostia the day was clear and calm peter was not required to carry his cross it was supposed that on account of his years he would not be able to support its weight he walked slowly the faithful could catch an unobstructed view of him When his white head showed itself amid the iron helmets of the soldiers, a wail arose in the throng, but ceased almost immediately, because the face of the old man was so serene, and shone with such joy that it seemed to all that this was not a victim going to his execution, but a conqueror celebrating his triumph. And such was really the case. The fisherman, usually humble and bent, now walked erect, towering above the soldiers and full of majesty never before had there been such dignity in his bearing he looked like a monarch attended by the people and soldiers from all sides came voices behold peter going to the lord all seemed to forget that he was going to torture and to death the crowd marched in a solemn concourse feeling that since the death on golgotha nothing so great had taken place and that as the first sacrifice had redeemed the world, this was to redeem the city. People stopped on the road and gazed with wonder at the old man, but the faithful, placing hands upon one another's shoulders, said, Behold how a just man dies, one who knew the Lord and proclaimed love to the world. And those who had halted to gaze upon the apostle walked away, saying, Verily, this is not a criminal along the way the noises and the cries of the streets were hushed the procession wound along by newly built houses and the white columns of temples above which hung the deep blue sky calm and serene they moved in silence save when at times the arms of the soldiers clashed or the murmur of prayers arose peter caught the low-breathed prayers and his face shone with an increasing delight for his glance could hardly compass those thousands of believers he felt that his work was crowned with triumph and now he knew that the truth which he proclaimed all his life would overwhelm everything like a sea and that nothing could restrain the waves thinking thus he lifted up his eyes and said o lord thou didst command me to conquer this city which rules over the world and i have subdued it thou didst command me to found thy capital in it and i have done so now o lord it is thy citadel and i am going to thee because my work is done as he passed by the temples he cried ye will become the temples of christ gazing at the crowds of people that swarmed before his eyes he said your children will be the servants of christ and he went on with the consciousness of victory achieved aware of his services aware of his power calm and great the soldiers took him across the pons triumphalis or bridge of triumph as if unwittingly testifying to his triumph and led him on toward the Naumachia and the circus The faithful from the Trans-Tiber joined the procession, and swelled to such an extent that the centurion who commanded the praetorians, appreciating knew that he was escorting a high priest, surrounded by his congregation, grew alarmed because of the smallness of his force. But no cry of indignation or anger arose from the crowd. All felt the solemnity of the moment, and the faces of the believers were grave and expectant. Some of the faithful, recalling that at the death of the Saviour the earth opened in terror and the dead rose from their graves, thought that now some portents would appear, so that the death of the Apostle would not be forgotten in the ages to come. Others said to themselves, Perhaps the Lord will choose the hour of Peter's death to descend upon the earth as he promised and judge the world. With this idea they commended themselves to the mercy of the Saviour all about there was a great calm the hills appeared as if resting and basking in the sun at length the procession stopped between the circus and the vatican hill some of the soldiers began now to dig a hole others placed the cross and the hammers and nails upon the earth waiting till all the preparations should be finished the crowd hushed and solemn fell upon their knees the apostle his head glorified by the sun turned for the last time toward the city far away below them the gleaming tiber could be seen beyond was the campus martius Higher up was the mausoleum of augustus below were the great baths which nero had just begun to build still lower was pompey's theatre and beyond them partly visible and partly screened by other buildings were the septa julia a multitude of porticoes temples columns towering edifices finally far away in the distance were the hills studded with houses whose summits faded away in the blue haze the abodes of crime but of power, of madness but of order, all these forming the city which had become the throne of the world, its oppressor and yet its law and its peace, omnipotent, invincible, eternal. Peter, surrounded by the soldiers, gazed over this scene as a ruler and king looks upon his inheritance, and thus he addressed it, Thou art redeemed and mine. And no one there present not merely among the soldiers digging the pit in which the cross was to be planted but even among the faithful could divine that the real ruler of that city stood amongst them that caesars would pass away that waves of barbarians would come and go that ages would vanish but that this old man would hold their uninterrupted sway the sun slanted still more towards ostia and had become large and red The whole western sky was bathed with the glow of the dying day. Then the soldiers approached Peter to strip him of his garments. But he, who had been bowed in prayer, now suddenly stood erect and stretched forth his right hand. The executioners paused as if in awe at his attitude. The faithful scarce dared to breathe, thinking that he desired to speak. Unbroken silence prevailed but he standing on the height with his right hand extended made the sign of the cross blessing in the hour of his death urbi et orbi the city and the world on that same beautiful evening another detachment of soldiers led along the ostian way paul of tarsus towards a place called Aquae salviae he also was followed by a band of the faithful whom he had converted Whenever he recognized a friend, he stopped and talked with him, for the guard treated him with greater consideration because he was a Roman citizen. Beyond the gate known as Tergemina, he met Plotilla, the daughter of the prefect Flavius Sabinus, and noticing that her youthful face was wet with tears, he said, Plotilla, daughter of eternal salvation, depart in peace. Only lend me your veil to cover my eyes as I go to the Lord taking the veil he went on with a face as full of joy as that of a laborer returning home after a day's toil his thoughts like those of peter were calm and serene as that evening sky he gazed in thoughtful contemplation over the plain which extended before him and upon the alban hills bathed in light he recalled his journey his pains and labors the trials he had overcome the churches he had founded in all lands and beyond all seas and he felt that he had earned his rest that his work was completed he knew that the seed he had sown would not be scattered by the breath of malice he was departing from this life with the certainty that the conflict against the world which the spreading of the truth had occasioned would result in victory a peace beyond understanding filled his soul the road to the place of execution was long and the shades of evening were falling the mountains became purple and their bases were gradually veiled in shadows flocks were wending their homeward way here and there groups of slaves walked along with their implements upon their shoulders children at play before the houses on the road looked with wonder at the soldiers on that evening the transparent balmy air seemed filled with peace and harmony which as it were rose from the earth and floated heavenward and paul felt this and his heart was filled with joy at the thought that to this harmony of the earth he had added a note which did not exist before but without which the whole earth was like sounding brass and tinkling cymbals And he recalled how he had taught the people charity, how he had admonished them that though they should give all they possessed to the poor, and though they learned all languages, all mysteries, and all sciences, they would be nothing without love, which is kind, patient, which does not return evil, does not crave honor, suffers all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures to the end his whole life had been spent in teaching people this truth and now he said within himself what power can equal it what power can conquer it can caesar overcome it though he had twice as many legions twice as many cities the seas and the lands and nations and like a conqueror he went to his reward the escort finally left the main road and turned eastward along the narrow path leading to the aqua Salvi the red sun was lying low on the heather the centurion halted the soldiers at the fountain for the time had come paul threw plotilla's veil over his arm intending to cover his eyes with it and for the last time he raised those eyes filled with indescribable peace towards the eternal light of the evening and prayed yes the hour had come but now he saw before him a long road of light leading to heaven And to himself he repeated the same words which formerly he had written in the consciousness of duty done and the end at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. End of part 3, chapter 28